start again. <laughs> okay, welcome to the next edition of Deep Geek. Today's episode, uh, we're looking at more human than human. So what will humans be like in a hundred years? Would we recognize ourselves anymore? So we'll look at topics like uh, augmentation, replaceable organs, enhancement of life, extension of life. So I'm Harrison Roberts. Heather. Hisham. And Dan. We lost our last names after, <laughs> after Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought we'd uh, talk about this topic around more human than human. <laughs> so there's there's a, a ton of topics under this, you know, uh, in terms of cybernetics, in terms of CRISPR, kind of uh, a lot of people are looking at gene editing and the creation of replaceable organs to fix what's broken uh, and also to not just make things whole again, but to make things better. So more human than human topic is like, how can you enhance things like designer babies and uh, creating things that extend our abilities? I like it. So, I mean, it's not like this is the first thing. Like, it was that movie with the guy, he broke his arm, rookie of the year. He broke his arm, then suddenly he could like pitch way fast. Man, you guys did not see that. I was of the year, it's like a Disney movie or something. I, I saw the other one that's Angels in the Outfield, where the augmented eyes allow them to see the angels. And the <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, one of the areas, um, certainly, that people are looking at a lot is replaceable organs. Uh, this is a huge problem around organ donation, because this is a bottleneck for saving people, for extending their lives. Um, of the thousands of people waiting for transplanted hearts, for example, only half of them will get them, and the other half die before getting one. So nearly 120,000 people in the U.S. are waiting for some kind of an organ transplant. Um, interestingly, France just recently changed their motor ID laws that change organ donation from an opt-out status to an opt-in, like in the U.S. And similar in Germany, which uses an opt-in system, only 12% give their consent, in Austria, which uses opt-out, nearly 99% does. Hmm. Interesting. People Wait, so France changed it which direction? To, um, you have to opt-out. So oh, okay. you're so automatically a yeah. donor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. That's interesting. So it means that people are more likely to be organ donors because people are less likely to take action to right. change something. Uh, they're more, more likely to go with the default thing. Right. It's a nudge toward a behavior that is more desired. Yeah, and I think, well, they've started um, some level of organ creation at least like right so uh my research back in uh, my phd i was doing uh, i mean for various reasons like looking at proteins and salts as they evaporate and uh one of the extensions of that they were they ended up using the research for like skin grafts so like basically you take your own um tears or saliva or whatever and like evaporate some stuff with you in it and it creates your you can basically help create your own skin mm -hmm. you know so like i think that is pretty uh harmless and awesome and it's that was like five years ago whenever it first started so like there's been tons and tons of advancements there um i guess more sort of ethics and stuff sort of come into play whenever you start like enhancing it. like if the skin was like had like properties of like an insect or something like then that might be more uh, <laughs> yeah. interesting i guess like wolverine like regeneration yes, yes. So, so so the question is when you have a system like that where does the raw material comes from is it synthetic or is it uh... it's a bit of both so okay. it's like it's some you know for example my friend was working on um lip creating livers mm -hmm. so like they would start out with a scaffolding that had you know was very porous it had a lot of properties uh, similar to bone or organ or whatever, and then it would sort of grow, and then the 
sort of hard parts would sort of dissolve as you go, like sort of like stitches oh, or something, okay, you yeah, know, yeah. it sort of just magically gets into your body right. somehow. That, that was sort of the idea with the skin graft too. You make it really porous and then it sort of starts growing itself around mm-hmm. it and then eventually comes you. One of the, the first instances of that was this researcher, Anthony Atala, in 1999. He and a team of researchers created replacement bladders for children mm-hmm. um, using these like protein scaffolds uh, and then leveraging their own cells in that. And um, that seemed to work pretty well. And now they're looking kind of a decade later at 3D printing uh, customized organs using like scaffolds made of keratin or made of like apple or collagen. Yep. And then they could print the cells directly. Yeah, and that's actually that was one of the big influencers of my uh, research because because it was just ambient evaporation, it was like really conducive to the uh, 3D printing. You know, so like that's make that's going to make it way cheaper, way more accessible right. for all those people on the list. You know, obviously that's been really expensive in the past you know one researcher at a time creating these but yeah if you remember um the guy dean Kamen, the guy who invented the Segway, like his new thing that he's working on is this startup called uh, army a-r-m-i don't remember what it stands for but basically they're trying to create like industrial scale organ printing mm-hmm. so they just got 80 million dollars from the department of defense to help fund this and they're looking to create uh, organs and tissues like kidneys, livers, lungs, all fabricated from people's own stem cells. Yep. At nice. like an industrial scale. And they're setting up right here locally in Manchester hmm. in like oh. an old mill. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Hopefully it'll go better than the segue. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to segue into the segue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other area that they're looking at is xenotransplantation, where you're taking human organs, growing them in animals as like the incubator for this, and then transplanting them into people. Uh, and this has been really controversial. I think the big problem is um, there's a bunch of diseases that can come with the organs. So you get these cross-species diseases, and you could have very bad like virus factors from that. Mm. Um, Like they were saying that pig genomes are ripe with DNA sequences of virus that can infect human cells. Right. Because for a time, they were just taking organs kind of directly, right? Mm -hmm. Like they were trying that out for a time. So, yeah, I don't know. Those those sorts of things seem to be super controversial and ethically weird to people. But like growing it in a lab seems to be more reasonable somehow. Well, I think part of the ethical dilemma in it is that when you start introducing human DNA into an animal, could have the animal start growing like human brains uh, and human reproductive organs. So it starts getting into this ethical Mm -hmm. slippery slope that people are uncomfortable with Mm -hmm. because of like uh, human cognition in animals. So there's been a lot of um, objection to like federal research funding in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we all saw a shape of water and know how that turned out. Exactly. <laughs> I, actually, I actually haven't seen it, so don't tell me what happens. Okay. No, no, no spoilers. spoilers. No spoilers. There's a, there's yeah. a fish man. Sorry. Spoilers. Oh, man. Jeez. Oh, and he falls in the yeah. mouth. <laughs> and we saw this in, like, the island of Dr. Moreau and in uh, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Teenage Mutant 
Ninja Turtles. And <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't forget the, the classic Ninja there. Turtles. Yeah. Splinter. Yeah. yeah, how do you think that happened? CRISPR. <laughs> and nobody ever talks about them before they were teenagers. Exactly. Like, what were their tweens like in there? <laughs> they weren't interesting then. They were just regular turtles. Yeah. Where's like the midlife crisis Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah. <laughs> it turns the other way around. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, they really come out of their shell. Jerry, they start, they start getting, ah, oh, I was going to say they start getting Botox and like lifts and stuff so we could like go into old, there's a segue into augmentation. Yeah, synthetical <laughs> in. Yeah, they quit their ninja they start having like hip replacements and whatnot. Well, the, the kind of alternative to growing things um, like chimerically in animals, people have talked about cloning people. And so you would create a clone of yourself that would be used solely to harvest organs. So talk about idea. an ethical slippery slope. It's Dude, like all right. We put those clones to work, like put it, like <laughs> have them like bicycle and like create energy all the time Answer or something. Or, exactly. Are we in the Matrix now? Yes. Yeah, but I mean, if we don't, if we only need them for organs, we could. They need exercise for one thing, so they need to. Yeah, you saw that episode of Black Wh- <laughs> Black Mirror, right? All right, I have a lot of ideas for what we could do with these clones, yeah, but. This reminds me of the Prestige when uh, he created this like teleportation oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. machine and they made a second copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd always have to kill the other. There was also there was that uh, that movie with Kira Knightley where they were uh, they they realized they were clones meant to be harvested. Mm. And uh, there was also another one with uh, Ewan McGregor, I want to say, or I forget who, but uh, oh, um, the the Richard Morgan book uh, they just made into a, a Netflix series. Oh. Uh, altered Carbon. Alt- yes. Yeah, yeah, where they had like a whole series. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah get rid so I mean, that pause where yeah. I was trying to remember. <laughs> to delete that pause. <laughs> to look so. like immediate recall. <laughs> I'm leaving it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I can see. I can see the uh, you know harvesting sentient clones. But I mean, you know, so where's that line between you take my cells to make an organ versus you take my cells to make another me? Right, mm-hmm. you know, at, at one point, do we, like I remember. You can't spe- give it a brain. Well, that's exactly, <laughs> yeah. but that's exactly it, right? I've heard before where and this, I, way back in this, I think it might have been just you know, people just talking, but you know, oh yeah, you just create a clone without a head. But is that ethical? Is that like that's what did, you do with you, like chicken nuggets or whatever, right? Don't they, is it, that's not how they make chicken nuggets. I think they, they. I thought they did sort of like make chickens without certain unnecessary organs, and they can live without heads. Even no, that was a rumor. That's, uh, they can I, definitely I think it's the same thing. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's the same <laughs> rumor. <laughs> I read that on Fox News. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but like, is it the same thing? If you create something that didn't have a head, is that the same thing as taking off a head? Well, what does it mean to create something? You, you would whatever flip some gene through CRISPR that so the embryo would develop without um, all the higher portions of the brain. And so... The only use for for this kind of brainless creature would be like in politics. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So a lot of ethical issues, certainly, with kind of harvesting clones or cloning in general. I mean, we haven't really cracked that one yet. I guess even just making a clone. Yeah, I think it's the, the ultimate the narcissist one, so. dream of like, <laughs> let me exactly replicate my wonderful self. Right. Actually, as I, I have to consider myself narcissistic, <laughs> and, and I would say I don't want another me. I'm like a Highlander. 
<laughs> the only one. There can be only one. The only one. Only one I don't like to job. share the spotlight. Unless the clone gets activated like after you die. No, I want to leave a legacy, not a not a replicant. But yeah. <laughs> Ooh. There you go. Yeah, the other thing people have looked at is this uh, like transhumanist idea of uploading your consciousness into a computer. So instead of like replacing organs as you start to fail, you upload your consciousness into either a robot or into like a virtual reality where you're you're fully functional or you're superhuman and then you're interacting in this virtual world. That's crazy. Now, without getting into the the details because that's a whole spiritual like what like is your post, consciousness yeah, like, soul yeah, kind like of thing post death and so whatnot. avoiding that discussion if we figure that out i'm all in for that right yeah <laughs> you know we we'll have to check our spinning top totems to well, make sure we're not already in a virtual reality <laughs> because you know if if you so movie references are oh yeah i know i'm just thinking of a million more right now because <laughs> yeah. yeah. if you discover yeah, that several more episodes of black mirror on deck yeah yeah it's required viewing during because now we're getting also into the sense of not necessarily replacement. I guess the question becomes then, what's the norm that you you wish to attain with all this capability? And I think you mentioned that in the beginning, here, and where it's like, so, you know, first there's a, I want to be, like, cured of a disease. Right. Or, you want to get back to normal. Yeah. Heal but then what's normal? If I can have four arms, why isn't that the new normal, right? Why wait until evolution dictates that I'm in the appropriate environment to, in a million years, get these extra limbs, when tomorrow I could just say, you know what, I need three right arms, just because I like to, I need three mice when I, when I work, right? Yeah, dude, yeah. And I that was like in um, Battlestar Galactica, one of, one of the new version, mm -hmm. one of the silence was like, I don't want to be like a replica of a human. I want to go beyond. I want to be yeah. able to like smell electromagnetic waves and like exactly. not be so limited. I want to see ultraviolet light. Right. Hmm. And I've always had the... Uh, and, yeah, that's more the augmentation. That's sort of the... I don't know. I have interesting feelings about that because I mean... If you got the money, you can do it. You can do it right now, right? Like, you can just get bigger boobs. You can get different, more hair or something. Like, you know, so you can kind of yeah, already just enhance an yourself. So it's just... Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, guys. <laughs> you I can do that. I it exists. I don't think getting a, getting a hair transplant is at the same level as... X-ray vision. True story. <laughs> video True story. In this podcast, totally showing you. a breast implant, you are introducing foreign objects into your body. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. to, for, for not really a medical purpose. Right. You know, so, like, you're yeah. not healing anything. So, like, you're already sort of doing these things. I mean, and what's the superpower? Well, you look better in pictures or something. But, like, you know, like, what, what you can go one step further and just say, okay, well, I, I don't know. I want to shoot lasers out of them or something like what? well i think that you reach this point though where you've crossed some boundary where you are no longer human mm -hmm. and like when people talk about sort of uploading to a computer or uploading their consciousness to a robot the question is like how good is that facsimile mm -hmm. and so like we work with deep learning and so i think we have a better appreciation of how different like if you look at like the the deep learning deep dream images they're kind of freaky in yeah. the fact that wow this is really an alien way of viewing a landscape and it kind of sees into it all these images that it fits into the the 2d data that it's seeing and so you you start to appreciate that 
an artificial consciousness would be quite alien in terms of how it thinks. It may right. get the end result, like I can drive the car from A to B correctly, but how it does that will be vastly different than how right. we think. Absolutely. And it, that's, that, that's sort of the big challenge in all of the, you know, in the field generally, because you don't, the, the human experience is, it's, it can't be measured, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the idea. It's like, you don't, you don't know how much um, you need the humanity yet. We, right. we don't know that yet. I think we're talking about multiple different types of augmentation, though. I think, like, Heather's point about baseline of, like, like you were breast born. augmentation, like surgery, the right. current technologies for surgical augmentation enhancement are kind of like maybe the lowest level. And then if we add on more technology or more, you know, like cyborgy attributes and, and things that you can implant into yourself, right, that would be kind of beyond. But Harrison, you're kind of thinking way, way beyond any of that into like recreation of a human consciousness in another medium, right? right? Which but even if you look at that kind of base level of like cybernetic implants, mm -hmm. like Hugh Hare at the Media Lab kind of posits that you'll reach this point where you'll have to start banning like artificial limbs in the Olympics and things because the performance level, like using advanced materials, would be so mm -hmm. much beyond. Sure, but that's, that's different from <laughs> not being human. There's a difference between having an unfair advantage to your technology and and not being a human being. But would you ever reach a crossover point where people would choose to get augmented because the performance is so much better? Yeah, mm. I, I think so. I mean, that I mean that's kind of the point that Heather was making. People choose to get augmented because of other Eyeglasses. superficial reasons. Eyeglasses. Yeah. <laughs> Steroids. Wouldn't be able to right? see Right? Oh, exactly. that's a good point. So, because, right. I mean... And also... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so also how we define what is a deficiency and what is an augmentation is, is something that fluctuates or varies over time, right? And there and there's actually pushback from groups that have different conditions that they would say that their condition is not a deficiency or not something that's a problem that needs to be corrected. Like people in in the like dwarf people who are dwarfs or have dwarfism will say that they don't suffer from that condition, right? They just, that's the condition that they live with, that's who they are, and they wouldn't want to have that like corrected, I'm doing air quotes here, mm -hmm. um, because that's that's part of who they are and that's part of their life. So that the way that the society or that even different people within a society define what is something that needs to be fixed versus what is something that is part of, that is normal, um, is something that varies. And so when we talk about people, you know, the whole breadth and, and variability of the human race, um, we have to be careful when we discuss you know, what is an enhancement or you know what is something that you want to change because you want to make a choice to change it um, versus what is something that is you know a problem, a deficiency, something that needs to be fixed, something that you describe as like a therapeutic purpose of uh, a modification, right? Yeah. And I think some of that is the adjustment of society. I mean, we've yep. gotten to a point where like glasses are just kind of a, a given People don't think much of it. If you get into like CRISPR gene editing and stuff, um, are you going to get this kind of fad type uh, behavior where there'll be like less and less diversity of people because there'll be like these popular, you know, CRISPR default selections? So mm -hmm. everyone will look like certain famous people or something. Like, oh, Brad Pitt, boom, you know. Yeah. So the interesting thing about that is, you know, with a with a CRISPR genome, it's going to be the parents influencing their child, basically. Mm. Because I don't think it's going to be, I don't know, maybe in the future you can edit your genes on the fly and then 
mutate yourself. I don't know. But you made a comment about like the Olympics, things like that. And I think really that's going to dictate or that kind of concept will dictate kind of what becomes the norm. Because right now it's about how far can I go and then how, what can I do to get to that next level? I would love to see an Olympics where there's no holds barred. It's sponsored by pharmaceutical companies, sponsored by <laughs> high-tech gear, everything like that. And, <clears throat> and so you have people who are juiced up crazy and people who are wearing like this latest that normally would be banned and type of like the super yeah. aquatic swim gear and Someone everything like, like that. Someone like makes shoes with like rockets on them Exactly. And <laughs> I'm, it, it's kind of interesting because in a way that's like NASCAR versus formula racing. Yeah. Because NASCAR is like a stock car. Everyone's the same. And it's like the skill of the driver is supposed to prevail. Yeah. But with formula, it's like the engineering teams competing against each other. Right. So in the, the scenario you're describing, it's like the pharma companies and the exactly. doctors and bioengineers. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at the like Formula One versus NASCAR, right? Formula One is held in Monaco. And like, you know, princes and princesses attend to that. <laughs> yeah. And, and NASCAR is, you know, it's a more open to the populace kind of yeah. thing. Right? Formula is like a, a spaceship yeah. with wheels. But that's, I mean, that's yeah. a super interesting proposition because I always kind of wondered, even in our current day and age, like, where is the, and it's probably because I just haven't researched it, but where's the line between um, things that are legal and things that are not legal for use in sports? Like, when, when organizations, uh, Olympic Committee, other sporting organizations, um, decide that a substance is banned, it's a performance-enhancing drug, right? That there's tons of substances that are legal, some things that aren't legal, some things that aren't legal if you're taking them for performance enhancement, but you could still take them as, like, a medication for some something, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, like, most of the thing, like, there's, I, I don't know, like, where that crossover point is because lots of things that you're allowed to, to have, like, food, are, you know, performance well, enhancing substances that... I think that the so. crossover point really for, like, steroids and stuff is that these things are long-term harmful to you mm -hmm. and they they cause cancers and things like that and some people choose to take them anyway <laughs> right. because they want the gains but then you're forcing every athlete to right. make that same that choice that's where the unfairness right. comes but then you look at some, like if you look at boxing for example right so i'm i'm not even going to talk about the sport itself and the long-term harm it could cause <laughs> But just to get to that level, and people have died trying to cut weight to get into that to the particular class before the weigh-in, right? Mm. Like they wear like boxers will wear garbage bags over themselves and do insane amounts of cardio and and kind of abstain from any type of consumption just so they could lose those few extra pounds so that they can get into that fight, and it that has huge ramifications afterwards. I, but I do agree that, you know, there is that thing like, oh, no, if you take, no, I might, I'm not advocating taking steroids, but, you know, if, if no, there was a, you sound, sound no, like you're no, saying earlier. No, I'm, 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 I know you podcast. guys out there it's, can't see him, so, yeah. but it certainly looks <laughs> like he's a juicing. I'm, I'm injecting <laughs> myself right now, but it's insulin, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but, uh. The, the idea is if there was there was a league, so you keep the natural league, right? And this is where, you know, there's rules and regulations, stuff like that. But then there's also the unnatural league where, yeah, you know what? If this drug companies are competing to see what's the most stable steroid they can create that, you know, doesn't have side effects because it's legal. They can pump all kinds of money into it now. Mm -hmm. Why not? You know, that's a, that's a benefit to humanity. Hey, you so know, like the Formula One cars, instead of all the stickers on the side, you'll have just like tats from 
Pfizer and oh, Monsanto. I mean, it's, 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 they're already doing, you can do it now. Like I could sponsor a fighter now if I wanted to. I just found that out yesterday. So who knows? Next MMA, nice. you might see my face on some. <laughs> nice. But uh, but yeah, I I you know we I I think there's a level of embracing it that we should have. I think people are a little bit scared, and I understand there's fear of the unknown. But I think with a general level of understanding and juiced up Olympics. That would get all kinds of views. People mm. wants to see that crazy, you know, insane person who's like that. Like I said, that next level, mm. that that crazy, like wow, look at those. The you know that guy has abs on his forehead, like you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> but twenty-four <laughs> pack. Yeah. Then thinking about well, going back to just augmentation that happens right now. Um, how does it make everybody feel? So if they're able, if they're all the people that are watching this now, they have all the kinds of clicks and all kinds of views, does everybody now want awesome abs on their heads? Like, they're oh. not good enough now. They're going to go out and start buying all these things and start augmenting Listen, themselves. How does the Olympics make you feel? <laughs> it makes me feel bad about myself. Lutz, backflip, I used to be able to, okay. Well, I'll say this. I, when I watch, when I watch people do gymnastics, right, I'm like, man, that's like a ninja. I wish I could be a ninja, but I know I'm not doing no somersaults. But, but, hey, <laughs> but hey, for like a couple grand, we'll get you some surgery that'll help you out with the somersaults. Maybe maybe that would be different. Or, or with, if like, I could pay $2,000 and uh, be like a world-class gymnast right now, I'd probably be down for that. I'd be right after you. <laughs> you got, like, when you've got like designer babies and CRISPR, if you could make your progeny like Olympic level athlete and perfect pitch and 50 20 vision and everything like would you do that but that goes back to my so I know you guys weren't little girls um but or were you I don't know um so but okay so there's now a whole thing like I, I grew up with all sorts of you know teen and vogue and all these magazines right mm -hmm. and so there's all this research about how it's super harmful because all the people in magazines are augmented and they're photoshopped and they don't give people a realistic right. view and they give people bad self-esteem so like and we're just talking about smoothing out some pimples and wrinkles and like adding a cup size and that makes that has had a societal impact on how young women feel right. about themselves. Photoshop so, is like a virtual, like designer baby kind of thing, right? You know, and and not only they do they just Photoshop, but they'll lift and Botox and add th nose enhancement or whatever <laughs> the opposite is. Um, but so there's all sorts of research that that's not good. And so it's sort of swishing the other way, where they're having more natural models and people. There's lots of movements where there's you know. Hashtag no filter, hashtag no but, makeup, and all these things. If you start adding even more, like, now lots of... But I think with technology, like, even though there's these sort of um, societal pressures, like, in these kind of movements to say, oh, that's bad, we should make laws, like, against that. But um, I think the technology is moving it the other way. Like, now with the adversarial network generation stuff, you can create, like, virtual actors and generated faces and stuff so that the technology gets to a point where you don't need to hire real actors you can create more human than human models virtual models for video or still that are going to be better than regular people and you don't have to pay them which is a bonus <laughs> but yeah i think i think heather kind of highlights a really interesting point about the kind of tension between in in basically how what we want our bodies to be like and where the pressures come from for that and sort of this tension between you know like technology for body augmentation and 
changing the way that your body looks and the way that your body is versus like body positivity in general. I think the danger that you get there is this collapse of diversity. Because right now when everything is random, um, you get this like rich diversity of people. I think it's like similar like in a video game when you, you pick an avatar from a select group of avatars. I think people's instinct might be to start collapsing the diversity down so there's just like five types of people, you know, star-bellied, snitch, or, or not. How awful might that be for humanity if there's you run, you walk down the street and you only see like five different people? Would it be awful though? Yes. So let me. I'm going to say yes. So let me, <laughs> let, me, let me posit this, right? So <laughs> say whatever you're about to say next Which, is probably wrong. No, but listen to this. So if you look at, you know, biologically, right? Say yes. all the different cultures, all different societies, we're all intermingling, we're all one, and we're all, you know, uh, you know, generation after generation after generation, we will eventually, by nature, you know, if you follow the laws of, you know, hereditary and, and you know, genetics and stuff, become a, a level of intermingled traits from all the different uh, cultures and the societies and, and you know, features that humanity has. Like, when we talk about, for example, you know, all like, you know, so there's the, uh, the image and then now there's the movement to be more natural, right? Why can't both those marketplaces exist at the same time, right? I like this and my friend likes that as long as we respect each other's, right. you know, thing and we understand what the, you know, the hardships of pursuing one versus the other, Right. And the benefits of it, yeah, I, like we're all adults, right? If I know that, oh, I'm going to only eat cotton because I want to have that, you know, itty-bitty waste for the catwalk, right? Yeah, you know that's going to cause problems and stuff like that. Yeah, I know, but that's what I want. Well, you know, if you're, you're an adult, that's your body until we can migrate our minds into others. And you can go ahead and do that, right? So, I mean, it's a controversial point. I understand that. But, you know, if we think about the the... the the, the one true human, right? You know, what, what do we look like in hundred, maybe thousands of years? Why would, why would it be the one all-encompassing uh, feature set? It occurred to me, though, whenever you're talking, that that superhuman set will just be the rich people, dude. It's just going to ah, be the rich people. That's, that's the only people that can afford it, man. Yeah. So that's, that's the biggest well, that flaw is, in this that plan. That is certainly an issue because a lot of these kind of therapies that they're looking at could be hugely expensive. And so Mm -hmm. if it's something that brings you up to like what we talked about, like getting back to normal, getting the function back of something that was damaged or, you know, you weren't, you were born with a problem and you're fixing it to a normal level. Maybe that's something you feel like healthcare should cover for everyone, but then should healthcare cover making you more human than human and going beyond what what is normal? I mean, probably not yet, since it doesn't even exist for like most people in the well, U.S. <laughs> but, well, healthcare doesn't cover cosmetic stuff. No. Right. So I mean. So even currently, like sort of the augmentation, the unnecessary augmentations are still paid out of pocket. Yeah, but I guess though, if enough people are going sort of more beyond what we think of as normal to like Olympic level abilities and doing all the stuff, then if you're born merely human, you're going to start to become like a, a minority the work, there. Right. The worker class. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Right. On a bicycle. Well, and I guess when you get beyond just the physical augmentation, when you start putting like chips in your brain to think faster, you're going to be like this kind of Aldous Huxley, like um, Brave New World, like 
worker class because you only think like a human. You don't have perfect recall, eidetic memory. You know, uh, you don't have like this coprocessor available to you. So let me flip that around. What if that was a standard? All children born after twenty one twenty nine should have a chip in, installed. And then the parent says, oh, no, I don't want my child to have a chip. Well, you know, he's a dumbass then. <laughs> <laughs> Get with it. It's 21. What did you say? <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's yeah. Are you ready for like a little flashing like time sign, like 12 right. 12 <laughs> in the corner of your eye? <laughs> Okay, I still I don't want to lose diversity. I mean, I'm okay with enhancing and everything. I do think we need to figure out a way for all these things to live together. But I think I I don't want diversity to leave. Like I don't want us to pick five traits that are the best. Like I I like X Men style. Like if we want to be enhanced and augmented, (laughs) like there's so many cool things that you could do, man. You know, like maybe that's the way to do it. The thing I worry about though with like the the augmentation, like when you talk about put a chip in your brain or something, and this is something we talked about before the podcast where, you know, Adobe made me download like this automatic update. And it's like, well, how long will things last in your brain before it's like, oh man, that's that's last year's processor. You need another operation. You need to yank that out, put in a new process. Like yeah, NVIDIA comes when, out with new cards that's like every people, quarter. That's people start <laughs> saying, I'm going back to natural. They're taking things yeah. out. And can't, <laughs> afford it. can't keep up. Well, yeah. Especially when Apple starts slowing down your phone after two years. To yeah, to you know, like, the genius Where are bar. my car keys? Damn you, Apple! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't go natural then. You just got to upgrade to the latest model. Yeah. I need to there sleep you know, every two hours. <laughs> so, so here's a. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna go the other way. I think we'll we'll peak. Like I think we're gonna get there. And, like everybody's gonna be like, yeah, let's document everything, and then something's gonna happen. Like a backlash. It's, right. It's gonna go. Everything's just gonna go straight back to normal. Like dark. Go dark. No electricity. No nothing. We're done. I think we're just going to hit a nuclear uh, war. We might not even last like four years. years. Well, then you'll want traits that US. are radiation proof. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Hybrid. <laughs> right. We can learn to live underground. We can escape the presidency. Right. So you need like night vision. And- I'm more worried about the T1000s. <laughs> so then, then if you have like a robot with a kind of either human or artificial consciousness then that could just replace people because it, it's much more durable, it's much more performant. No, you're not going to replace me. <laughs> I'm irreplaceable. You don't think the military is already doing this? You don't think they already have super soldiers and all this? It's, come on. Take well, it's that, it's that juxtaposition of, of robotics where you've got like that, that robot that opens the door and things with artificial intelligence. And then when those two combine, you could have the kind of next generation of stuff. Then all the sci-fi movies come true. <laughs> sure, but there's still no uh, general artificial intelligence science really on the horizon, any, or any closer than we've been in the last. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to, to wrap up, so uh, let's go around. Where do you see people in 100 years? Uh, 100 years isn't going to be enough to do anything. 100 years, you might get some level of augmentation, but I think we're still going to be here. We'll just have fancier cars. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be about the same or maybe even uh well, yeah, I think it's going to be about the same. I think there'll be a this stuff will happen and there'll be these discussions and everything, but I think ultimately people uh and their desire to stay human and the sort of 
spiritual aspects of things, I think will prevent a lot of people from jumping on board. So I have a feeling we'll, we'll be back in the dark ages. I, I think that it's going to, all these new technologies will, will come to bear to kind of slowly progress us to the point where we're going to push back a lot of disease and degradation as you age, similar to what we've done with like vaccines and polio you don't hear about. Um, but I think that some of the, the scenarios we talked about will be maybe a small group of people that will be like pushing the kind of early adopter aspects. But I think in general, it'll just be to kind of generally make everyone's life kind of more normal, more good, but not like way beyond enhanced. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing as Harrison. Basically, I think the, the these technologies um, for genetic and for um, for genetic manipulation and for organ uh, like growing and production uh, have tremendous potential in the same way as, as vaccines and antibiotics did in the 20th century of really wiping out like major causes of, of death and disease and, and problems uh, in people's lives. And we're just starting to ask the ethical questions about um, making decisions that are beyond therapeutic, therapeutic purposes that are for, you know, making decisions of how you want to change your body or change the body of um, your offspring or your further down the line um, that are going to be really interesting questions to see where they go. But at the, at the very least, it has tremendous medical potential. So let's all meet back 100 years from now here in our shiny metal robot bodies and see if we were right. Right, indeed. <laughs> I might be busy on like Romana or some kind of new planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.